saw me, drunk and high and broken. And he lavished me in a love that I had never felt in my life. He saw me at my worst. And yet he was just waiting for me to stop running from him and run to him. to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Hello, Altered Story Show listeners. This is your chief storyteller host, Michelle Saunders-Gutch. And welcome to episode 88, Serena's Grace and Freedom from Abortion, God's Story. Thank you for listening to my show that shares Christian women's God stories around the world and is part of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app, one of the world's most powerful Christian apps, as well as on your favorite podcast platform. And friends, I hope you are enjoying your September month and that you are continuing to enjoy listening to the amazing and faith-inspiring God stories that are being shared with you. And I am so excited to share these God stories from Christian women who have transformed in their lives through the power of Jesus Christ and are going to you here For those of you that are listening, you will be hearing another one of these grace-filled stories of redemption. This story, my friends, is a story of abortion recovery. And are you ready to be inspired? Now, let's get this show started. Today, I'm excited to bring to the mic an author speaker and founder of She Found His Grace Abortion Recovery. Serena speaks at churches around the country to help women and men find their voice through discipleship and to raise up post-abortive leaders to help end abortion. Serena Dykeson is her name, her full name. She is married to her high school sweetheart, lives in Indiana, and is a mother of four, two earthly children, and two in heaven. Isn't that beautiful, friends? 
So now, friends, I want to welcome Serena to the show. So hello, Serena. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on tonight. I'm really excited to talk about this topic. Well, we're really excited to have you and I am doing great. We've had a beautiful day here in our community. The weather's starting to feel fall-like and uh, it's a nice break from the heat. I'm sure you are feeling the same there in Indiana. We are. It is definitely starting to feel like fall around here as well. Yes. And is there anything else that you'd like to share about yourself on a personal note that I haven't? Yeah. So I was thinking about that. I was like, what can I, what can I share? And, you know, today's something that I've just been kind of setting in all day. We, we had our, our, um, she found his grace, um, gala this weekend. And I've just been sitting in this whole, um, sweet spot of just how the Lord's just given me this heart for evangelism. And, and, uh, so today I've just been sitting in that, in that spot and just how the Lord's just continued to open that door. And, you know, once, once I found my healed voice, there was just, there's no stopping sharing what he's done. And so I guess that's what I would share today. That's been my sweet spot all day. Well, I'll tell you, evangelism is on my heart and there couldn't be another, a better way to evangelize, in my opinion, it, to tell stories and to share stories of what Jesus has done in the lives of many, you know, our own life. And I think that's a great way to evangelize Jesus Christ. And, you know, Serena, as you and I have spoken, I love sharing Christian women's transformational God stories. And today you will be sharing yours. But before you share your story, can you just maybe give me your perspective on why you think we need to share God's stories? I mean, we talked about the evangelism component, but, you know, I always like to get a different perspective from all of my guests. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's so important for us to share our God stories because the word says that we overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I just truly believe that, you know, that's, that's in the word to set, help set the captives free. And, um, so I got really excited when you asked me to share my story because powers in our the power in our testimony and i think so many people they set in um shame and guilt and it's really hard for them to share but if we stop looking at what we've done and look at what was already done on the cross for us there's so much freedom and we have a world that's just so hungry for that truth and so yeah it's so beautiful <laughs> well thank you for sharing that and you know right now um, I just think we should jump in and there's a lot to your story and I want to make sure there's plenty of time for you to share. So Serena, where does your grace and freedom from abortion God story begin? Yeah. So my story begins when I was 13 years old. Um, I was sexually assaulted and that resulted in an unplanned pregnancy 
And my parents uh, were completely devastated hearing the news that I had been sexually assaulted. Um, Sexual assault was kind of in our family's history. And so my mom really tried to protect my sister and myself. And so she just really felt like a failure. And she was in shock. She had her unhealed wounds. And so when we went to our family doctor, which was a uh, Catholic pro-life doctor, um, the only thing he suggested was abortion. And uh, just about a year ago, one of his nurses on staff reached out and said he's lived with that for all since my my story and it has always wondered what had happened and so it's followed him um but i had never heard the word abortion before i had no idea what it was and um i just remember my mom being so broken and just kind of saying yes and i remember them saying the people outside hate you so walk in quickly and that just made zero sense to me. I didn't understand any of it. And on that particular day, there was actually no one on the outside of the clinic. And we walked in and they separated me from my parents and um, they lied to me. Uh, They said it. I remember them saying it was just a clump of cells. And I just had no, I had no idea. I thought we're at a doctor's office. They're here to help. And so when they asked if I was ready for the abortion, I I nodded my head yes. And I met George Clawford for the first time. And he said, this won't take long. And what I can tell you is that day changed our lives forever. Uh, My mom, she she had to she had to listen to me scream for help and they wouldn't allow her to help me and uh she ended up having a mental breakdown after and then my dad he had to carry me out of the clinic um because i had hemorrhaged everywhere and it was just so traumatizing for our whole family um you know the lie that they told us was you know if you have abortion it takes care of rape but it just added more trauma into our story it was devastating we just wanted to forget about it and so when i was 16 i ended up pregnant again and planned parenthood had just been in my school and i was i was naive i just didn't know and so i thought well they're going to help us and so we went and they said you're young you're in school and you're poor, you should abort your baby. And so at 13, I didn't know what abortion was, but at 16, I did. And I knew that was something I would never do again. And so my boyfriend, he had grown up in the church, um, but never talked about abortion. And so he he said, well, what do you think about having this abortion? And I shared my story with him for the first time. And he, he just sat there and um, he said, you know, we don't have it figured out, and but we'll figure it out. And so we chose life that day in the parking lot of Planned Parenthood. And we were blessed to have a church that walked alongside of us. They didn't let us sit in our mess and our sin. Um, they held our feet to the fire which I'm forever grateful for, but they also helped us, helped us in the way of teaching us skills, um, helping us find housing. Um, they would babysit so we could finish school. They helped us with our, our wedding. I was a junior in high school when I got married 
we we finished school and by the time we were 23 we had two kids we had bought our first house and we thought we're doing great we are beating the odds um and then i had a miscarriage and it rocked my world and what i didn't understand at the time was I, it was a double grief that i didn't understand i had not grieved my my aborted baby and now i have this miscarriage and i didn't know what to do with that and my husband, who had been my hero, my well, he was my husband then, who had become my hero in the pl- a parking lot of Planned Parenthood, all of a sudden became a villain to me. Um, and we began to have marital issues. And life was just going sideways for us. I, I had um, an ovary rupture. I nearly bled to death. I had to have a complete hysterectomy by the time I was 29. And by the time my kids hit middle school, I was struggling with feeling like I was worthy to be a mother and a wife. And I just thought that they deserved better than me. And so my plan was that I was going to move out of my house and, you know, my husband could just move on without me and my kids would get a new mom and that would be that would be good for them because I wasn't worthy enough. Um, I began drinking all the time. Um, I was abusing prescription drugs and I just didn't want to feel anything. And um, there was one particular night I had gone out and I had, I had drank too much. I just, I knew that if I drove, I, I probably would have gotten pulled over and possibly gone to jail. And at that point I was so selfish. I was so consumed with self that I didn't even think about what could have happened to other people. And uh, that particular night, as I began texting people to come and get me, um, one by one, they said no. And I felt devastated because I thought, why are they not picking me up? Like they always come and rescue me. And at this point, I was not walking with the Lord. I had had this moment where I was really angry with God. And I was just like, God, if this is what you're about, I don't want anything to do with you. And particularly in our car, I had kicked my husband out of the car. And and that's when I made the decision that I was just so angry with God. I was done with our marriage. And that was the first time I actually went. And I went to people that didn't hold my feet to the fire and pretty much let me drink, do whatever I wanted because I... I should be allowed to to um, do that. And they, they just let me sit in my mess. And so that particular night, no one, no one came and got me. And I say that it was the best night of my life, even though at that particular moment, it did not feel like the best part of my night. Um, and so I got in my car and I just began to weep and I began to weep. And I said, God, I don't have anybody but you. And what I love is God saw me drunk and high and broken. And he lavished me in a love that I had never felt in my life. He saw me at my worst. And yet he was just waiting for me to stop running from him and run to him. And so that night I knew that it was time to go home both physically and spiritually And so by God's grace, I made it home and my husband met me at the door and God was working on his heart too, um, because I did not deserve 
for my husband to welcome me back home. I didn't deserve that at all, but God was working on him that there was a bigger redemption story, even though I was so not nice to him and I was not a good wife to him. He welcomed me in and we began our healing process. And um, one of the things that we talk about is, to couples that are so broken. A lot of times we hear people say, well, you know, I can't afford to go to counseling and we couldn't afford to go to counseling either, but we just adjusted everything because we knew that there needed to be healing. And uh, something my husband talks about is that he had to be the first one to go, even though he was like, she's really broken, but he had to take that first step and be humbled in that because he knew that I was not going to take that step. And there were many times that I would get to my counselor's uh, parking lot and I didn't want to go in because I thought, man, I have to share all this stuff. And my counselor actually went to my church and I thought, if he knows the real me, he's going to go back and tell people in my church. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go there. Um, I felt like people would just cast me out. And so I continued to go and I shared every part of my story except for my abortion. I never went there. I I told about my sexual assault. I told about the abuse and my uh, growing up, everything but that. I know the, the Lord, the Lord met me and I got a great healing. And so I honestly thought, I honestly thought that I had so much healing and God was restoring our, our uh, marriage and our family. And I, I started to go back to church and I started to serve in church. And, but I just had not talked about this abortion. And so my friend, she invited me to a movie and the movie was unplanned. And I went and I had no idea what this movie was about. No clue whatsoever. And so I go to this movie and it was like watching my life unfold in front of my eyes, my eyes. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, now's the time to tell the rest of your story. And I thought, well, where am I going to even tell my story? I don't, I don't know. And so I called our local right to life and kind of my thought process was that I was just going to go outside of abortion clinics and help women choose life. And, and so they said, well, we have this, um, sidewalk counseling training. Why don't you come to sidewalk counseling training? And I said, okay, great. I'll do that. And I got there and I shared my story. And this sweet sister said, have you ever gone through abortion healing? And I was like, I had never heard of that at all. I didn't know it was a thing that even existed, but I eye rolled her because I was good. I was in a good place. I heard the Holy Spirit again once say, how do you expect to help others if you're not willing to go there yourself? And I thought, well, that's a very valid point. And so I went and it changed my life forever. I, For the first time, I felt like I could grieve the loss of my Eliana Grace. And it was so beautiful. And I just felt like so much freedom happened. Um, but when I left, um, we were departing ways and something that was said to me, it just didn't make sense. They said, well, you know, this was great. It was a great weekend. But if um, if we see you at the grocery store, we won't say hi to you unless you say hi to us. And I thought, this is so bizarre. Like, 
I've gotten freedom. Why, why, why wouldn't you say hi to me? This is so weird. And so it just, it was this crazy thing, but I continue to go out to the sidewalks and I continue to, to reach women at the abortion clinic. And there was one day that I was out there and I heard the Lord say, um, plan a memorial service for post-abortive men and women. And I was like, okay, I had no idea what I was doing, but I always told the Lord when he, when he pulled me from the pit, I'll do anything you ask me to do except for be a speaker. Don't ever say that because <laughs> it, he has such a sense of humor. And so I, um, so I started planning this memorial service and the night before the memorial service, um, I got on my social media and the abortionist that I had been taken to, he had died earlier in the month. And um, when people were going through his stuff, um, they found that he had hoarded 2,411 babies in his garage. And I was devastated. I was just devastated. I didn't know how to process that. And uh, that night I crawled into bed and I was so broken. And the first thing I asked the Lord was, um, was my Eliana Grace one of those babies? And, and the Lord, he said, your baby and all the babies are with me. Why do you think I asked you to share the rest of your story? And so I knew that God had such a purpose and a plan for this. You know, what the enemy meant for harm, God was going to turn to good. And we saw... Um, I began writing my book, then um, COVID hit and the world shut down. And what we saw happen was all of these post-abortive men and women started reaching out to us. And um, she found his grace was never on our radar, nothing that we had ever dreamed of. And yet, like we just had so many hurting and broken men and women. And so... We knew that the Lord had called us, had put a call in our lives to to start this ministry. And so she found His grace launched. And um, we've been able to uh, reach men and women from all over the world. And through that, um, when, when men and women share their testimonies of abortion regret um, and healing, what happens is um, abortion-minded women hear our stories and they're 85% more likely to choose life. And so we've also had babies from all over the world be saved um, because of sharing our story of how abortion hurt and how God's given freedom, you know, and healing. But they listen to those stories and they choose life. They And um, it's just been beautiful what God's been doing. And uh, recently we launched our men's program and um, we just see God just opening the doors and really the Lord, um, the, the Lord has showed me um, a sea of men and women with wailing hearts that he is healing and reviving the land. And, and so we're just excited to be able to share what God is doing, what he has done to give post-abortive men and women freedom in Christ. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's so much to your story, Serena. Um, you know what? I would love to know, you know, when you were back 13 and a decision was made to take you 
to have an abortion. Why was that? Was that because a doctor recommended it because you were so young? Is that really why the medical reason and that you probably would have, because you were so young, you might have not fared well at all through that. And it was a rape situation. So it was very traumatizing too, as well. And I'm assuming that, right? Right. So I always say people have a misplaced compassion when it comes to my story, because, you know, you're like that young girl in rape and all, you know, this baby, and that's going to be traumatizing. But what we, you know, I always say that abortion was way worse than the rape, because the thing is, I couldn't help what someone did to me. But to know that I was remotely part of ending the life of an innocent child, that's a heavy weight to carry. And, you know, I just, that's not something when I learned what abortion was, I was devastated because I just have a heart for people and, and, and babies and children and all life. And, and so that was devastating to me because that's not something I would have, I would have chosen. Like that's not. That would have not been on my radar, but I just didn't know. And, you know, because of that abortion, it affected me physically and it never helped with the trauma of rape. It never did. Um, in fact, you know, think I'm, I'm so thankful that my case went in front of the courts and he was prosecuted. But had I been parent, you know, had my parents not reported that, he would have gotten off scot-free and he, and he, you know, that would have, he would have gotten away with it. And in fact, the clinic that I was taken to, it eventually got shut down because there were other 13 year olds that had been raped and taken to that clinic. And the clinic was never reporting it. And the girls were being sent right back to the rapist. My heart just goes out to all those and to you, And I'm just so grateful that the Lord brought healing into your life and redemption and recovery and brought you to a place of where you can really take what the enemy purpose for evil and that God was so gracious in helping you through this as you started getting aware, you were more aware of really what the act of abortion was and how horrendous it is. And my heart struggles with the the women today who don't really understand what they're saying when they're standing up and advocating for pro-choice. I mean, that's a personal decision, yes. And I've heard all kinds of reasoning around it. But whatever happened to the voice of the unborn, whatever happened to, you know, when you are carrying a a child, a baby in its, in your womb, and it's made in God's image, in the image of God, our creator, who we all were created by. I mean, it's a very profound thing to make a decision to end the life of your child and, you know, it, it does something to your soul. It, it, it does wounds. And it's, to me, it's, it's murder, you know? It, and, and I know that there are a lot of people who don't believe in this. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just an egg or whatever. I think that's just 
not even proven science, to be honest with you. I'm, I know the Lord has great healing out there for many women who discover that when you go in and have this procedure done and you end the life of your child, that there is something that it does and it can end so many things in your life by carrying that shame and that guilt and you know, that it ends relationships, it affects intimacy, it does all kinds of things. And I don't think women that make these choices fully can understand or comprehend what it is like to have to live and exist after having come out of that. And the sad thing is, for some women, it's not just one they do two, they do three, they do four. I mean, and you know, that pill that they have, I don't know if it's still around or, you know, I think Abby Johnson had it on her movie, The Unplanned, you know, talked about all of that. And I saw that show. I held off for years. I just, I had to be in the right mindset to see it. Very powerful, powerful, powerful show. You know, I just kind of wanted your perspective on that too, because I mean, you hit bottom. Mm -hmm. You do. I mean, so, you know, Roe got overturned and, and, you know, the Lord, which is awesome, but the Lord has just highlighted, we've had 60 million babies aborted. There's a lot of walking wounded. That's a lot of wounded people, right? And so that's post row, right? That's where that's where the Lord has just our team sitting right now. That there's a lot of healing that needs to take place, and that um, you know, especially in the church, um, the Lord's the Lord keeps saying, "My bride's not ready. My bride's not ready," because there's so much in the church, and so um, you know, and so I think a lot of times especially in the church, we have women who will say, and men, um, because it affects men too, that it's, um, I know I've been forgiven, but I can't forgive myself. And I, I feel like someone listening to this really needs to hear this next part. But you know what? The good news is, not even the good news, the great news is that Jesus he died on the cross for that. And so we don't have to forgive ourselves because that's why he went to the cross. And so sometimes when we have that mindset and we're stuck there, then that's a great indicator that abortion recovery is probably a good thing that's going to bless you so much so that you're not stuck in that. Um, Because there's just so much freedom. And I I hear it all the time. Like um, we just recently had a couple who went through our our uh, ministry and he he kept saying I don't he kept telling the men I don't know why I'm going through this like I don't need this she needs this and you know what the last class that we had the memorial service all of a sudden God just put an arrow in his heart and for the first time he grieved the loss of his child And he started apologizing to his daughter, to his wife. And we saw God restore a whole family. And um, when she went through it, just seeing the whole process of her, she had carried this weight all by herself all this time. 
and just finally the Lord meeting her of like, there was other people responsible too. And so, you know, it's just this beautiful, beautiful process of this healing. And literally, like I said, freedom, because God wants to use our testimonies. And I think sometimes when people think of men and women who've had an abortion, it's on the next level. And it's, it's like this unforgivable sin. And that's not the truth. You know, there is forgiveness and freedom and um, God wants to redeem it all. And he wastes nothing. And it's really a way for us to give our children dignity. Um, You know, I give out an Eliana Grace Award to people and it's and it's my way of honoring her short little life so that people who stand for life 100% without exceptions I want to honor them, you know, because they're honoring her. And, um, you know, we just have that opportunity to honor our children and um, use it to reach, reach the loss. It's such a beautiful, powerful thing that we get to do. Yes, it is. And it's so, oh man, I love the, the story behind it is what to me is so surreal, Serena. And now did you grow up as a Christian? I mean, like, were you, I mean, you said you, you were going to church off and on, but did you like have parents that were Christians or how did you come to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in your life? So this is a cool part of my story too. So uh, my parents were not believers And we actually rented a house. And uh, when we rented this farmhouse, I had a um, the people that own the house, Mr. Whistler, every Sunday would faithfully come and get my myself and my sister um, to take us to Sunday school in fifth grade. And um, I still have that Bible today of um, and he he planted a seed that I didn't forget. And so I believe that's why the Lord's just giving me this heart for evangelism because someone saw me and someone shared and invested in me. And I, for me, I'm like, how can I not invest in someone else? And so it, you know, when, when my world came crashing down, even though I, at one point said, you know, God, if this is what you're about, I'm out. Um, I still had those seeds planted and really what I've, I realized is because of my trauma, um, there were lies that I believed about God. And, and you know what? God was with me and his heart broke that during that time too. You know, it wasn't him. We have an enemy that, you know, he, he had a target on my back and he wanted to take me out. But God, God's like, no, 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 no. You know, if, you know, when I stopped running, He was like, okay, let's go. Let me, you know, now we are walking together and watch what I do. And that's been the faith. It's just mind blowing of what he's doing. Um, And, you know, like I said, I told him I would do anything he's asked me to do because I would never, ever want to be in that pit again, you know, and just the redemption that he, he gave me and the the love, like I, when I say he lavished me in a love, like I can't even put that into words, what that was like when he lavished me in his love. You know, sometimes I think of that song, Corey Ashbery, the reckless love of God. 
You know, I mean, I know that some people say that God's love isn't reckless, but I mean, I do think that, I mean, that's when you think about that, you know, God's love. I mean, when you come through such a horrible thing, I mean, it, 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 it is, it is. And, you know, but yet God can redeem it and he can turn it for good and make it beautiful. So the beauty from ashes story, you know what I mean? It's just so incredible. But, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Serena, you know, there's going to be people listening to this story and they have probably not healed from abortion. And I can tell you there are people that I know of in the church, husband and wives who have come through an abortion and never really thought it was wrong. And I mean, there is such deception over it. I think that can be, um, I, you know, and then I know that there are churches that they hide the whole abortion recovery, you know, support in the church. They don't want it to be out there and visible and things, you know, they do it quietly or whatever. But I, I guess I would just love to hear from you, like to help. I know you have your book. What's the name of your book? She found his grace. That's a great resource. And we'll have that up on your episode page. And, you know, once we post this podcast and everything, but what I would like to hear from you for those that are listening, you know, that are wounded, you know, they're just like, I can't ever go there. You know, I can't ever go there. I just, it hurts too bad. It hurts too bad. So the cross is too much to bear. How do you kind of help them through those feelings, those emotions and from the, the, the trauma when they realize what they've come through? What I, what I love to share is that we have, we have a heavenly father that is so gracious in meeting us with that. And we just need, you know, he's extending his hand. We just have to trust him. He is a good father and he is going to put a healing bomb on our hearts that no one else can do. And, you know, going through healing classes is life-changing, life-changing. And, you know, what a better lifeline to give someone, right? Because the enemy would love it if you were just stuck in your pain, because then you're not effective for the kingdom. And so just going through that process of having your heavenly father meet you and love you and walk alongside of you, it's powerful. And, you know, I, I'm sure there's someone that's listening that just thinks, man, if someone knows um, and I think we all struggle with that because we think, man, if someone knows what I've done, they're going to judge me and they're not going to love me. But the thing about it is your heavenly father already loves you. And that is the most important, the most important relationship you can ever have. And it doesn't matter what the Joneses think because the Joneses probably have something in their life. And, you know, God's word says that we all fall fall short of the glory of the Lord, but it's through his grace that we're saved. Right. And so, you know, I just, I, I just want to share that as a, a hope as kind of a, uh, you know, yeah, as hope 
to someone that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay to go through healing and that freedom and just the redemption that your whole family is going to receive. It's beautiful. It's so powerful. Yes, I agree with you. And God orchestrates so many cool things to help us as you know, we go through the healing process and recovery from our sins. I mean, and, you know, he, he knows us so personally. And that's what I think is so amazing is he is such a personal God. And it's just where you want to reach out to people and just say, do you know how much God loves you? You, you, you were created in his image. He knew you before you were knitted in your mother's womb. He knew that he chose you, you know, and I, I think that concept is so hard for people to understand, you know, sometimes that incredible love that God has, you know, and he meets us anywhere. He does. He does. And that forgiveness, you know, I think, um, and I didn't even really touch on this, but even forgiveness, you know, I think of, um, for me having unforgiveness, because you'll probably have someone on your listening that has been sexually abused and they have unresolved forgiveness. And, you know, uh, when you are unforgiving, you know, because people are like, Serena, how could you ever forgive? How could you ever forgive who the the guy that, that raped you? How could you forgive him? And, you know, what I discovered was it was a poison that I was drinking and hoping he died. And it was only killing me. And really the Lord meeting me in that space of just saying, you know what? You need to forgive because my I was so clogged with unforgiveness and that bitterness. And when I chose to forgive, man, the Lord, he forgave me. So why, you know, to release him and not to say just because you forgive doesn't mean that there's not healthy boundaries, right? And so I think we need to understand that too. And so just walking through that forgiveness and and so even... Um, you know, for me, forgiving my my abuser, but also just understanding how much God wants to forgive us when we come to him and ask him for, for forgiveness. He freely gives that. And, um, you know, at some point we have to make a choice of, are we going to continue to drink that poison of unforgiveness or that poison of I'm not worthy enough because that's not biblical. That's not what the the word says. Who does God say you are? He says your sons and daughters and he loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross. And so that's the love that I think people need to, to see that he he calls you worthy. He calls you daughter and, and that he will forgive you if you ask for that forgiveness. Yes. And I think the beauty of the abortion recovery, and I do think it's very important that women and men go through this because there's a process and God takes you through that. But I do know that the memorial of your unborn child is so important because I do think that releases, you know, it does a release. And I think they have some incredible memorials out there for unborn children 
through the act of abortion that are out there. And there is one in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I know all over in every single state, they have different locations for people to go and um, memorialize their unborn child. And I'm assuming you guys do all that through your ministry as you know, couples can go through. Now, are you doing this ministry remote or is this, can you do it remote or is it all done through a local? Yeah. So like I said, um, the world shut down and God started sending people. And so we launched online and it was the funniest thing because, um, yeah, people started coming to us and they're like, how do you, how do you do this online? I'm like, I don't know. This is just how we know how to do it. And so, yeah, we have women and men from all over the country in the world that go through our abortion recovery and we do the memorial service online and everything is done online. And then the beauty of it is then like we just had our gala and um, people fly in from all of the country, all over the country, and we celebrate what God's done. Um, we do outreach. We call it boots on the ground, where we actually um, go in front of abortion clinics as post-abortive um, men and women, and we share testimonies out outside of abortion clinics. And we see worker. We we actually have seen people reject abortion. We had um, in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, we had four women reject abortion and a worker quit. Um, we've been in front of abortion clinics sharing our testimonies and other workers will come out and listen. And it's just powerful what our testimonies do um, in front of abortion clinics. And so that's the other part of our heal- whole healing process is to actually go out and use our stories. Yes. Well, I want to tell you one of the things I would love to do is to work with your ministry and, you know, you bring a group of women around that want to share their God stories. I would love to have the opportunity to have them share the redemption and what God has done through your program. So it would be kind of a fun thing to do um, to honor and bless God and to, you know, honor those women who are coming out of that you know, and walking in the freedom to be able to be fully, you know, there in their calling, you know, and what the enemy has tried to do to destroy women is just beyond me. And my heart just aches to see. I just want to see women walk in the full freedom that God has for them. And I do know that, you know, abortion is just, Uh, one of those very uh, personal things, but I do think there's a huge amount of wounds and women need and men need your, your ministry and what you're doing. And so I'm grateful that you took the time tonight, Serena and any other closing words for our listeners. Yeah. So if there's anybody that's listening and you're really struggling with a past abortion, you can go to our website and it's confidential. Um, You know, it's your story to tell, right? And we just walk alongside of you so that to help you share your story, but it's your story to share. And so 
if you're struggling with a past abortion, I just want you to know that there's hope and there's healing and freedom and forgiveness. And you can just reach out to shefoundisgrace.org. We love our tribe. We are such a close knit uh, tribe of women. We call ourselves wounded warriors. Um, and we're from all over the country, and, but it feels like we're just all together. And so um, reach out to us and um, there is freedom. Well, that's so cool. Do you have a Facebook group page out there or a Facebook page or? So we do have a Facebook page. It's called She Found His Grace. Um, we're working on our, our He Found His Grace. Um, we're just seeing God rise up. The Lord has has given me this this vision of um, men taking their rightful places and the and the families being restored, and we're seeing that um, we're seeing that, and it's so beautiful and so powerful. And so, just she found his grace Facebook page or go to shefoundhisgrace.org. Okay, friends. Well, thank you again, Serena. This has been a true blessing and you've been a delight. And until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 